hear that? No. There. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I heard that. Okay. Sorry. Well, well, welcome to Between Sundays. I am Tyler, and I am about to get all up in your business. We're going to get up close and personal about the importance of community. Dave is here to dish out a second helping of hospitality and his sermon last weekend. But before we become best friends, now that he's finished creating margin for this podcast, let's welcome in our favorite essentialist, Barry Rod. Good day, Barry. Good day. Wait a second. We're we are missing somebody. Yeah, Marin's gone. Marin. Marin. We miss Marin. It is not the same without Marin, that's for sure. It's just, just a couple boys sitting here doing a podcast. Where's the heart? Bro, yeah. Where's Bro the pod? The heart's Bro in pod. Chicago. Marin is with her mama, mm-hmm. who uh, is having surgery today. So we're glad we're glad that she's not here. We're Absolutely. glad we're glad where she that she gets to be with her mom today. But we miss her. We we definitely Look yep. forward to her coming back. Um, and I asked her if it was okay that we share kind of what's going on. Um, so I was texting her. And before we get the show started, I'd like to just share an update about what's going on with her mom. Because I know a lot of friends of the pod would like to know. And then um, Barry had the idea that we would we would be able to and have the privilege of praying for Marin and her mom on the pod. So we're going to do that before we kick into gear because I think... Um, I think it's all on our minds and hearts that she she is doing all right. So Marin's update is uh, her mom had surgery on Tuesday. Her mom's Maria, right? Her mom is Maria. Yep. Yeah. And um, she is currently awake as we record this um, and being transported to a recovery room. Uh, Marin still hasn't seen her uh, while she is projected to be discharged tomorrow. The surgeon said it will be a painful recovery, so mm-hmm. she would like for us to pray for continued eradication of any and all remaining cancer cells and a swift recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's just take a few moments and do that. Um, yeah, let's just do that. All right. Who are we all going to pray? Want me to pray? Yeah, Barry, why don't you why don't you pray? I'll I'll pray as well, Dave. I don't know if you'd like to, or but uh, I'll I'll oh, yeah. pray as well. I'll, I cl- okay. I'll close. That's right. I'll I'll pray. To, well, let's we all. Why don't we all pray? Okay. Yeah. All, right. all the friends of the pod. Pray. Yeah, let's do it. Pray. And friends of the pod, pray along with us, please. Yeah. Let's pray for uh, for Maria. Yeah. Uh, Father God, I lift up the whole family to you right now, especially Maria as she is in recovery from this surgery. Uh, I pray that she would have a quick, uh, swift recovery. Um, that you would reduce and remove any pain that she is feeling right now. And, um, that father, in the name of Jesus, you would remove any last, uh, any last ounce of cancer in her body, that she would be fully healed and be able to, um, emerge from this experience with a, with a healed body and a whole new outlook on, on the days ahead. Yeah. I agree with that father, uh, for healing. And I pray that in these days, especially as Marin's together and the families together, it'd be a very sweet spirit. They will, enjoy being together. There will be encouragement and Holy Spirit, you'd be a part of their conversations. Um, So yeah, I would just let them know that we all love them and are with them through this. God, it is a unique thing to be able to pray over a podcast uh, through, through the podcast. And I just can't imagine how many more people this will prompt to pray for Marin and her family. And so I thank you for, for this uh, thank you for Maria and all of all of Marin's family. And it seems like this is a miracle uh, along this all, along the step 
and journey that Maria is going through. Um, and so I thank you for that miracle of surgery and I pray that you have eradicated all the cancer and uh, I'm thankful that Marin gets to be there. And so God, I pray that you continue to heal Maria aggressively and give her plenty more of healthy days ahead. And it's your name I pray. Amen. 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 Thanks guys. Yeah. Mm. All right. Lots to cover today. It's just the three of us. So yeah. we got lots to talk about. Um, yeah, sure. First, what's new? What's going on? What's new? I am just completely, what's the word? You're vacated. You're vacated. I just got back from, from a week of <laughs> staycation. Yeah. And I have to clarify because everyone's like, oh, is it super relaxing? No, no, not really. I mostly like helped people move, raked leaves. I feel and, so bad for you. No, this is, I need to do this. Who I, made you do that? Myself. Oh. Well, your mom. Also obligation to family. I help <laughs> yeah. move things and yeah. but like I cannot, I have to be productive Active. or I just spiral into this, like, I don't know, this self-destructive mayhem of like, I, I go into these existential crisis, not even know who, knowing who I am anymore if yeah. I don't have something to do. So I, I took scares me a ton a I know. of projects. I, I cleaned out this one closet. It took me like all day. It was yeah. incredible. Uh, it looks great now. What, I made, uh, made wood, what kinds of stuff are you projects. doing? I don't know. Like, like cleaning out closets. Uh, I had a bunch of random things like an old broken laptop that might still sell for a few bucks on eBay. So I listed it on eBay and I'm, I sold my old super Nintendo on eBay. And so I had to clean it and do all that stuff. Those are the things that I do on a staycation. Yeah. It was I not like pretty much the exact opposite. <laughs> what do you, what do you do? I like to do nothing. I like yeah. to do whatever I want to do as it happens. See, if I want to do something, I do it. If I don't, I just want to not do anything. Yeah. And I try that. And every time yeah. I do existential dread. So like I need, to, I need to have <laughs> oh, no. something. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I need to keep myself going. That wasn't a downer at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, yeah. And I, I got to continue my slow uh, journey towards becoming a, a woodworker. I made a, a hay feeder for Humphrey, mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun. And, and he a, loves a it. little hay Christmas tree for him. And a little, uh, yeah, yeah, that was just a random thought. I was like, what if I made a Christmas tree out of hay that Humphrey could eat? And it was a hit. So what are you up to now? What, what all are the, what are all the things you've made for your bunny? <laughs> just for him. And I texted <laughs> yeah. you this earlier. Like I'm very eager to make things for humans someday, <laughs> yeah. but at this point living in an apartment with just like the bunny. no tools, I'm making stuff that, that works for a bunny. So yeah. I made him a house, which he loves. Yeah. He spends a ton of time in it now. I mean, he's got a chimney. Yeah. Why would my he house sleep? doesn't even have a chimney? <laughs> Who so, wouldn't like that? I don't teeny know. Teeny bunny, bunny fires. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Having chestnuts and yeah. Yeah. So that's fun. I don't know. Yeah. So you're back. I'm back. You're back, back at work. and doing I'm better than ever. Work. I'm glad he's back. Yeah, we're all glad. Welcome back. Thank you. Dave? What, yeah. What's what's new? What's happening? Oh, we got good news. Good news? Oh, yeah. What is I, it? What I, didn't wanna, I didn't want to steal his thunder. But. Well, you better not. Go yeah, for no, it. Here we go. What do we got? My daughter's having a baby. Woo! My daughter, Lucy. Which, <laughs> there we go. That was for her. <laughs> and earlier today, uh, dad got up in front of the staff at staff meeting and said, I'm going to be a grandpa. Yeah. Everybody looked at me and I was like, no, 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 not me, <laughs> not <Yeah>. me. <laughs> no, that was awesome. Nope. That yeah. would be really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, my daughter, right, tell us more. Well, my daughter and my son-in-law live in Chicago and uh, yeah, she's due. This uh, this is week 12. So we've known for a while. We've been sitting on this for a while, but mm-hmm. she wanted us to wait. And uh, everything looks great. We don't know if it's a boy or girl yet. 
Um, but what size now? A lime or is that was last a, week? It the baby was a plum yesterday. A but, plum. We, but we oh, saw. That's cute. I have got I've got a little you know ultrasound. Saw its little arms and legs. Yeah. And apparently, just they had to wake it up. Really? Yeah, it was sleeping. They think it has a sound machine in in her stomach. So, oh, yeah, so one of those noise canceling. Noise can- yeah, yeah, it seems white to be noise the, all the rage now. Yeah, got to anyway, put one right in there. It's all good news. We're Penny and I are excited. Congrats! About that that yeah, is really exciting. We know you guys have been chomping at the bit for a grandkid, right? Oh Here's- yeah, yeah. God's blessed us. We've you know we've had little ones in our lives and yeah. our adopted family. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I've yeah. been called I've been called Uncle Barry by a lot of children over the years, but I've never actually been a biological uncle until biological now. So this uncle. is exciting. This yeah. is exciting. Yep, yeah. Barry, you're gonna be one of the best uncles ever. <laughs> I, can, I I I mean, why? Thank you for my son. We kind of treat you like an uncle, but yeah. he. I can't even imagine what kind of uncle you're gonna be to your sister's son. That's gonna be amazing. And Dave, Grandpa, Grandpa, yeah. what do you want him to call you? I don't know. We were working through that. Gramps. Uh, we don't know. The other, the three little ones that we had for 12 years now call me Papa. So we'll see. Aww. But his dad, we called Pap Pap. Pap. So I'm hoping that at least, at least if I have kids that they will call you Pap yeah. Pap. Uh, start with a P regardless. Yeah. Uh, just, just as long as they don't call you Mrs. Rod, the boy one. What? What? <laughs> there, <laughs> was, there was, uh, when, when we were little, um, our neighbors, their last name was Morin. So um, my sister, like the lady wife would come to the door and uh, my sister would say, Dad, Mr. Morin's here, the girl one. <laughs> <laughs> so as long as I don't call you Mrs. Rod, the boy one. We I think. should we should actually ask the um, all the friends of the pod to send in the strangest grandparent names. Yeah, seriously. You got some weird grandparent oh, I, names? I know one. Um uh, big Lu- deal? Yeah, Lucy's Lucy's friend <laughs> grandfather yeah. called him Big Deal. That is yeah. so good. Big deal. That's yeah. I love that. Yeah. Name. Yeah. There's some weird like Sarge or something. Yeah. Well, mom's mom's dad is from the South, and so I I always called him Granddaddy. Yeah. That's that's how we called him. Granddaddy. Granddaddy. All right. It was cool ta- telling my mother today, mm-hmm. realizing I was telling my mother. She's my my niece has had two children, so she's been a great grandma, but was she was all excited. Again, to be told. So it was cool. a good day today. Congrats, everybody. Thank you. It's, it's all gonna good. be great. All good. Um, all right. What what about you? What's yeah. the update? Well, my my update is mostly annoyance at everybody already putting Christmas lights out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you noticed this? Oh, we, yeah. Well, let's see. I have a Christmas tree in my you living do? room already. It wasn't Barry. It wasn't my choice. Not you too. I'm married to someone who loves Christmas. Oh, Olivia what is are we a huge doing? Fan. It's like the moment Halloween's over, the Christmas tree <laughs> yeah. goes up and all the lights are out. Well, you know that's like the bus scared me. I saw the Cadbury eggs coming out. No, you didn't. I did. <laughs> what? For Easter? I, yeah, but then I realized, oh, they've made them for Christmas now. Oh, my Or Halloween goodness. or something. Come but it on. scared me. I thought, what is happening? Yeah, we are just, yeah, we're, we're, we're going, we're doing too much. <laughs> we're trying to do too much. That's for sure. I Everybody, so my neighbor had like one of those projectors with ghosts kind of flying around his yeah. house and that's down now no, and Santa like Christmas Plus? stuff's going up. See, and, there it is. Yeah, I, I, I'm not into it. Every year... I'm into Christmas. Let's be clear. I'm into Christmas. Yeah. Let's just wait a little bit. Can we have, I mean, Thanksgiving hasn't even happened yet. Right. Right. It's true. Do you guys decorate for Christmas? 
I don't ever decorate for anything. Okay. I'm like, and I'm not like a Grinch. I just haven't ever made the effort, but yeah. Olivia does though. Olivia does. So you're good. Yeah. So we're, we're squared away. And I don't decorate. Penny decorates. Oh my gosh. Liv, I just had a great idea. We need to put Christmas lights on Humphrey's little house. Oh yeah. There you go. Any light that goes on Humphrey's house will be one more light than goes on our house. Actually, what am I thinking? Because he'll chew through those yeah, tables gonna, and like electrocute, electrocute himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, my real I, update is I got to play like 24 straight hours of board games. That's true. This past weekend on <clears throat> on my staycation, on I, I, ga- I gathered a few guys together to oh, I play the nerdiest, guys. Yeah. the nerdiest possible games. What and were you playing? Like- oh, Dave. <laughs> How come I don't get invited to this? You want to come? Board what? game night? Was that a rhetorical question? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> These are games that invite me. All right. What's, we'll the, all right what's the most complicated game that you can think of? The most complicated board game you've ever heard of? Uh, what did we play? Axis and Allies. Axis and Allies. Axis yeah. and Allies. That's pretty good. Way more, it, way more complicated than that. Really? Well, it's pretty good. Games that take, I liked Axis and that take at least 45 minutes to understand yeah. before you can even really get yeah. into them. So Barry brought some some guys down to a, a lake house and said, bring board games because we're going to be inside. And so I brought like eight of them and they, none of them take more or none of them take less than two hours to play. Okay. So wow. we're just like hunkered down and playing <laughs> with a bunch of guys actually that aren't into board games. So oh, okay. it was just a bunch of teaching, but it was, a, I had a blast. I don't know if anybody else did, but yeah, it was like two and a half solid days of just like board gaming. I want to do that. Yeah. It was nice. I'm there were just, it. there were a few moments where I was like, what if, what are we doing with, <laughs> with our what lives do you mean? right now? How dare you? Like when I'm like looking at my, okay, I've got to use my, I have a closet slow, to clean out. My yeah. slow power to increase the fear by, by gathering a, what are the, Good guys called in Spirit Island. Oh, the the Dahan. Dahan. I had to yeah. gather my Dahan and my slow action <laughs> yeah. to be able to cast fear. I love squirrel noises. Yeah, for real. Like some, <laughs> there are some of these games where I'm like, what? Why did I have to learn another language to play this yeah. game? I yeah. loved it. I have my Dahan has really been low. <laughs> you got low Dahan. <laughs> yeah. Way low Dahan. Wow. wow. You got to work on that. Okay. Well, then invite me. All right. Next time. All right. Um. And also, it's not, this is not new, it hasn't happened, but Rooted, it, celebration is this week, this right? This Friday night. Yeah. So, yep. this time. is the culmination, 10 weeks Ten of weeks. our first launch of Rooted. There are, what, 750-ish yep. people mm-hmm. that are going to be gathering on Friday night this week to kind of celebrate the end of it, and there will be music and baptisms and a bunch of baptisms really yeah great yeah, it's gonna be awesome it's, amazing. it's really gonna be awesome yeah i've heard nothing but good things from the first phenomenal first wave. feedback we're getting from people great life life change and my favorite my favorite feedback that we're hearing like routinely are people who are saying i came into this really skeptical or yep. i was about to yeah. leave after the first week because i just wasn't feeling it who then turn around and say but now yeah. I'm, I've found community. I've found purpose. I, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. That's it's awesome. the, uh, that's the big idea. That's, that's right. The, that's the hope. That's yep. the dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's happening Friday. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but I'm sure we'll have photos and video oh, yeah. and stuff. Oh yeah. It's a big deal to show y'all if you're not in rooted, but, uh, next wave of rooted registration opens up pretty soon, right? Yeah. It starts yeah. in January. Yeah. Next so, wave. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, Guys, we're not, we don't get to do this very often, just the three of us. And, um, 
I know we got a sermon to talk about, but I want to give you guys an opportunity to just, I asked you this morning if it'd be all right if I asked you this question, but I want to give you an opportunity to just kind of share what's on your mind. I mean, we're, we're at the, coming up on the tail end of a year of the year here. And, uh, I want to know kind of what's on your mind as it relates to grace, as it relates to what's ahead for grace, what's going on right now. What are you thinking about? What's on your minds? Well, I actually, a couple of weeks ago, I shared what was on my mind regarding, you know, why we exist as a church. And so that's, it's kind of, I'm kind of stuck on it for several reasons. Number one is because it is why we exist. Number two, I'm in the final stages of wrapping up a book on, oh, yeah. and it will be coming out in three months. The title will be a why to live for mm. where your destiny intersects the broken places of the world. And so it's, it's essentially the essence of Grace Church in book form. And I'm really excited about, excited about it. So when I look around, uh, the thing that's on my mind is I see from children to teens to adults to seniors, a commitment to make sure that everyone realizes that we were made for more. Yeah. And I'm seeing it again and again. And in the conversations, people saying, okay, I'm in, I'm doing this. Well, I'm healing the broken place of injustice, or I feel like I'm healing the broken place of pain or hatred, or there's a lot of activists at Grace, a lot of mm-hmm. champions at Grace, a lot of nurturers at Grace, a lot of ambassadors. Uh, that's what's on my mind when I look around. And mm. honestly, I mean, it's no secret. I'm, we, what about 18 months until my time is done here as senior leader of this church, senior yeah. pastor of this church? And the vote. On whether or not I'll become the next pastor, senior pastor, is in January. Oh yeah, so, yeah. So there's a lot of conversation. My mind is in. It's been an interesting year, yeah. Rather, to be honest with you, it feels like a sawtooth. I'm up, hmm. down, up, down, up, down, and a lot of it has to do with this transition that's coming up. So I find myself almost almost on a daily basis going back to the basics of who we are and the foundation of who we are, and that's a lot of my mind. So I'm going to sound like a broken record, but that, but. Yeah, but it sounds like it is it energizing you to go back to the basics or is it draining you? No, it's energizing me. Yeah. It's energizing me. Even the message this past weekend, mm-hmm. which we'll get to in a few moments, really was a distillation of all the research that I've done in the last two years about isolation. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's on my mind every time I get a chance to talk about it. I It's almost like I, I find myself <laughs> almost uh, reflect, reflect, what's it, reflective, reflective, uh, reflex reflexively that's not a word <laughs> whatever it is I, I get it yeah. you know immediately when i'm talking to a person i want to press in to find out do you have any idea why you're here mm. what your destiny is can i help you figure that out because this is really important yeah so uh, maybe i'm getting insufferable i don't know that was my favorite uh comment today when you announced you had a grandbaby on the way yeah. somebody said you're going to be even more sufferable insufferable oh yeah that's me that's <laughs> yeah. my middle name insufferable yeah <laughs> Barry, what about you? What what what's on your mind? I know we talked about the the vote coming up, so I'm sure yeah. that's on your mind a little bit. Yeah, but. I'd be lying if I didn't say that was kind of front and center. Mm-hmm. Just it, not. Yeah, I, I guess as I'm just trying to, I want us to get to that point and have it be. If the vote is yes, I want it to be enthusiastic and energized and resounding. Want, yeah, and not, yeah. not because I'm like necessarily insecure that whether or not people support my leadership, but more just I. I want us to be unified about where we're yeah. going as, as a church. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I've had, it's taking a lot of my time, a lot of my energy meeting with people in the covenant community, our membership, mm-hmm. uh, you know, answering a lot of emails and a lot of questions that people have. And it, it's been good and energizing and positive, but, um, I, I think 
as I think beyond that and I start to kind of, if I ever come up for air and look around, like I had the chance to do over the last week, even um, what, what I start realizing is that we are at such a unique, interesting turning point, not just in grace's history, but almost in church history. And that may sound mm. a little grandiose, but, Oh, it's true. But we are, we are at the tail end of Christendom, which is the, the idea that the church and the st- and the the government, the Roman government, that that it's one in the same, and that spread of Christianity has been equal with the spread of power and the spread of, you know, uh, interesting things like that, and that is starting to come to an end. And the the givens, the basics that we had, that we would have looked at as like, well, of course, the church equals this and that. Those those equations aren't really adding up anymore. So we're now at a point where some of those questions are not. Um, they're not the same questions that they used to be. And mm. so what we're starting to see is the church in the developing world is starting to grow, uh, even as the church in the Western world is starting to to struggle a little mm. bit in, in a, you know, we've talked a lot about the, the rise of the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S, yeah. the people who don't have religious affiliation. Um, it's no longer a given that if you're an American, you're probably a Christian. Like that's just not happening anymore. Sure. So, but at the same time, there's so much fruit and life that's being, uh, that's being developed in the church around the world. Mm-hmm. And what's happening, what this is, what, what I'm getting at is that that life and fruit is coming to grace church in the form of many different people and cultures mm-hmm. and backgrounds. And we're starting to see it where it's like, wow, all of a sudden God is bringing to us people from, uh, you know, East and West Africa and South Africa, we're getting people who have this incredible uh, passion for the spiritual world and the spiritual realm. We've got uh, folks from from Central and South America bringing this deep passion for community and and the vibrancy in life. We've got people from Eastern Europe bringing the the hardiness and the toughness of mm. of you know a Christianity formed by difficulty and persecution. And it's like wow! All of a sudden, we are gifted with all of these different cultures. Yeah. Um, not to mention our partnership with Nairobi Chapel which has brought in this passion for church planting and multiplication. And we get to learn from all of them and benefit from Mm -hmm. all of them. And I don't see any of that as a threat. I see it as an opportunity for us to become what grace is going to become. So, sorry, that's a long winded way of saying that I'm very excited Mm -hmm. as I look around and and see that we are at the beginning of a kind of a turning point in the global church where the whole church as can start to benefit from the things that God has been doing in individual communities for, for generations. Now each of those communities can, if we do it right, can come together to serve a bigger yeah. purpose, which is awesome. Yeah. So that that's a great transition into what we talked about last weekend, which is community and unity yeah. and um, hospitality and things like that. But before we get there, what, what kinds of things do you want for grace in the next year? What do you see? What do you, I mean, we could talk about this later at the end of the year on a future pod, but knowing that that's on your mind right now, what do you, what do you want for grace? And if we could forecast in the next 12 months, what do you want? What do you want to see happen? Well here? Okay. I, w- we've been talking about this the last couple of weeks. If everyone would grasp the concept of their one. Yeah. If we just start right there. You- Which do you want to, yeah, let's yes. talk about their one. Let's yeah, talk about I mean, what that uh, means. the one, it, it, we know that there are many people, millions, hundreds of thousands. I mean, I don't know, millions of people that are far from God. They're separated from God. And if we as Christians, we can sit back and hold our heads and say, that's ridiculous. Millions of people. How are we going to get our head around that? Instead of thinking about millions, let's think about the one person that we know in our life. Brother, sister, father, mother, child, neighbor, 
soccer mom in the soccer club with what somebody you know that is struggling and separate could you just focus your attention on your one and do what's necessary to get in the room with them stay in the room with them and love them and introduce them to god hmm. one just one if grace church grasped the concept of the one it would be transformative yeah just imagine thousands of people understanding this is my one yeah and this is, i'm gonna love them i would say let's just start right there we don't have to go anywhere else that that would be yeah. the most important thing for me. What about you, Barry? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I think, I also think it would just be amazing in the next year for people to, um, to continue down the path of redefining normal. I, I mm. use that phrase a lot, redefining normal, because, um, I think what we, the idea of what normal Christians, I used air quotes there, podcast listeners, sorry, uh, <laughs> what normal Christians are, that idea has actually, we've actually been sold a bit of a lie on that because we think mm. of normal, normal meaning like, uh, you know, you go to church a couple times a month, you try not to sin too much. Maybe you crack your Bible open once every now and then like that's normal. Yeah. But in reality, that's actually not normal at all. That's actually mm. a little bit crazy. What's really normal are people who are giving themselves over to their walk with Jesus and are having their lives transformed. And as we say a lot are discovering why they were born. They were discovering mm -hmm. that they were made for more and then they are helping other people yeah. discover why they, that they were made for more and so on. So if we could in the next year help people begin to, to, to realize that normal is actually better. It, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's better than we've believed before. Yeah. And it's also normal means a, a normal Christ follower is, following their destiny to heal the broken places yeah. of the world. Like if they could realize that is actually normal, we hmm. could redefine that, then we'll be in a really, really great spot to yeah. prepare ourselves for where the future has to hold. So what do you think? Yeah, I think um, if I could predict the next 12 months or what I want for the next 12 months, I, I agree with that. And I think the first wave of rooted is really putting us in place. And the folks who are going through that are, we're, we're getting put into a place of, this is the first group, a big group of people who will who will understand or begin to understand what they're made for. They're made for more. Like we 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 do that on like in all of our ministries and campuses, uh, case by case, you know, and through our programming and through weekend services. It's all like, but this is the first like concentrated group of people that have gone through an experience together that will continue hopefully to go through more experiences together that will learn they will learn their the reason that they were made mm -hmm. um, by God and there's going to be two or three more iterations of this of rooted in the next year and so what I want to happen is I want I want to hear what people are made for because like mm. I am a person who I have discovered I made I am made to think about and care about injustice like yeah we, and we know that about you yeah Good. Which is cool. Yeah. And so I want grace to be full of people who know that yeah. about themselves. Like I, I was a person that's made to heal the broken place of decay. And I care about creation care. And so that I, I learned that not like I learned that in the last year, whether it's through rooted or right. life groups or whatever, I learned that. And here's what I'm going to do about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what I want to start seeing happen in the next year. So Simon Sinek, who is uh, almost, I wouldn't say he's pioneered, but he's like the big guru out there on knowing your why so he's huge in the business community and everybody reads about him so i've been following him a little bit because that's important to us but here's what i noted and i maybe i haven't read enough of his material but he hammers on 
you should know your why. And he said, look, Apple knows their why and yeah. Microsoft knows that everyone knows their why. Okay. And you, you've got to be more when you, and he's thinking in business, you can't just talk about what you do and how you do it, but why you do it. Why, mm. why? I mean, that's the hammer. The problem is most people, I think everybody would go, yeah, absolutely. I want to know what my why is, Yeah, mm. but what is it? Right. right. And we at Grace and I in particular, I'm, I'm all over that with Tyler. It is not hard to find your why if you take the time. Yeah. If you take the time to analyze how was I made, what is what is important to me, and what has my life, what are the life points come together in my life, we can look at it and say, this is your why. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, I was with a, I was doing a this thing called a calling quilt. Oh yeah, with a with a young man not long ago, and. And we spent about two hours working on it. And I finally got to the point and I said, so when you look at the six broken places, what is it? That I didn't even get, I didn't get the whole sentence out of my mouth. And he goes, isolation. Hmm. So he knew it after going through everything about his life. He knew that is what drives me crazy yeah. is when hmm. people are isolated from one another and they're lonely. And I want to do something about that. And that's, and we have a whole concentrated group of people who are prepared to learn and like take that to the next level and yeah. understand that now that they're wrapping up yeah. rooted. And that's just what I want to see uh, at this place um, in the next year, especially, you know, you're going to have a book and this isn't like a book promotion tour or anything, no. but no, your book, I assume I haven't read it. will put all of this in a, you know, 200 page or whatever yeah. version of here's how you, here's that's how it. you go deeper and understand why that's you were it. made. And here are the yeah. things that you need to think about if you're made for this, you yeah. know, and each chapter of the book is an introduction, and then there's six chapters on all the six yep. broken places with stories of of people who have discovered their whys within mm -hmm. that broken place. I think twenty or twenty two or three different stories of people, and then the last chapters. And here's how you discover your why. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah, so it's coming out soon. That makes me excited. Good. Um, but speaking of the broken place of isolation, isolation. and community, that was what sermon was about last weekend, Dave, you gave a great sermon. Um, and we're, we're in our series right now called anything can happen. And it's kind of a, a declaration of this is, these are the things that grace church cares about. And we know there are people in your life, friend of the pod, grace church congregation member. Uh, there are people in your life that they need to hear that, that you care about this, that we mm -hmm. care about this and that they care about this. Mm -hmm. And so, um, this week we talked about community and for anyone who may have missed it or hasn't seen it yet, have you, can you kind of give a recap or a s summary of your big idea? Yeah. The, the big idea is that, um, isolation, loneliness is probably the feeling that we most relate to. Isolation feels a little bit, a little bit technical, but loneliness and not being connected to people is endemic to this culture. It is everywhere and it is getting worse. And people are paying high, heavy prices for being lonely from physical to emotional to psychological. And uh, that loneliness is uh, that it is not commensurate with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, uh, it does not, you, you can't, God is about bringing people into community and love hmm. and ending isolation in people's lives. And we need to provide that as a church for people. We need to become the ones that say, here, come here. We will, we will love you. That's a, that's yeah. just a summary. Um, and our one, my, one, my side point was that, that it's most likely that the person in your life that you declare as your one who's separated from God 
it, it would not surprise me in the least that they're also lonely. And I think there's yeah. a correlation between being lonely and being lost. Hmm. Do you think, I, I was wondering this during your sermon, do you think everyone is lonely to a certain degree? Or it's possible for everyone to be lonely? I think it's possible for everybody to be isolated and many times by their own choice. Yeah. By their own choice. And I, I would say over a long period of time, uh, that develops into that develops into loneliness. Yeah. For sure. And the reason I'm asking is because I wouldn't call myself lonely and I wouldn't say that I'm isolated, but I definitely have moments of not either not trusting that God's enough for me yeah. or not trusting that um, I am, that I matter, like things that I do or say or accomplish matters and those are forms of loneliness not trusting that god's enough and Mm -hmm. believing that i don't matter and so i'm like maybe i am a lonely person i don't i don't know but i feel like it's possible for everyone to kind of experience that and i'm gonna jump ahead to what i'm gonna how i'm gonna introduce the sermon this upcoming week And, and i've said this before there are there are two great needs that every human being is hardwired or we have some sort of virus that god put in us to desire these two things there are two things that if we do not have them we are deficient and we end up in a bad way. Um, we have to feel, we have to be loved and we have to be significant. Yeah. Those are the two. Hmm. So this past week we're talking about the desire to be loved. And and by the way, here's the interesting thing and I'm jumping ahead. Uh, the reason why those things are, are hardwired into us is because that's who God is. God lives in the Trinity in a state of love, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Yeah together in love and when since we're made in the image of god we're made the same way the desire to be in community and to be loved interesting and that and and also god when he wakes up in the morning has purpose on his mind always purpose on his mind god's will god's purpose it is his purpose that this happened this happened this happened so because that's the way god is i'm made in his image so when i wake up in the morning what's hardwired into me is to have significance too. And that's where the whole destiny thing starts. Yeah. And so the bottom line is, if the, the chance of me feeling lonely at some point in my life is through the roof, because that's why I'm, that's how I'm wired. I'm almost wired to be looking to be loved. Mm. We all are. Um, and that's why people are so lonely. Hmm. And and you combine the fact that, that people desperately need to be loved with the fact that we're Americans, yeah. And, and I was, I, I'm not, I've not been too kind on Amer- the ideology of being an American over the last couple of weeks with Called this it the r- rugged individualism, rugged individualism. Yeah, right. And, uh, yeah, I even said American personal arrogance Yeah, that I don't, the, the, and the cult of, uh, what's the, not the cult of busyness, but this, uh, the privacy that mm-hmm. like this oh, cult yeah. of privacy, you know, I'm not going to get in your business and you're going to not get in my business. So you take the fact that we're wired to be loved. And we're living in a nation that does not put love and community as a prime value. Except for the fact that we are also surrounded by images of everyone else but us having these wonderful oh, connections right. with people, which are all on social media. Everybody yeah. seems to be having the time of their lives Absolutely. with everybody else. And yet none of them are actually, it doesn't seem to be in genuine, hmm. well, few of them are in genuine community. Yeah, Amer- Americans don't have any idea... Uh, Barry, you would relate to this. You could tell us more about this, but you go about just about anywhere else in the world and you community is, if not the highest value in most of the developing world, it's one of the highest values, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, an, it's, it's not just in. a, it's not a value. It's an expectation. It yeah. is a, 
almost a demand. I always go back to the story you tell about when you were in Kenya and you were trying to wonder whether you should go to the hospital to visit someone. Yeah. And you got chided because you were like- I didn't go. Because it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a huge thing. And they they were horrified that you wouldn't go because the expectation is, of course, if somebody's in a hospital, what do you do? You go. Right. In America- we don't, that's not what we yeah, think. Right. That's not what we think at all. Yeah. I mean, I could go on for days talking about how different community is in other cultures, specifically those that I've visited in like Kibera slum in Kenya. It, it just was totally, totally different. The way that people interact with one another, the expectations that, that they had for one another. The entire culture is based on the idea that when you meet someone for the first time, you begin a relationship, begin a relationship that then will grow. I've mentioned this before, I'm sure, on yeah. the pod, but I got yelled at by a taxi driver one time because I was walking. I was just walking past him back in 2005 when I was living there. I walked past a, a taxi driver and he said, why do you never talk to me? Why do you never say hello? And I'm like, uh, do I know you? Yeah. And, and he, he would, but he's, he was like, he was like, I gave you a ride the other day, blah, blah, blah. And you didn't, you didn't. And I was like, I did not know that that was an expectation because, you know, for his, from his perspective, we'd begun a relationship from my perspective. It was a transaction. Yeah. Your job is done. Move along. And so, yeah, it's, it's, so is he just driving around angry at everybody or is everybody his friend? Just the Americans probably. Most (laughs) friends in that country. Well, that's the thing. People have this, this is one of the biggest misunderstandings that Americans seem to have of, let's say folks in Kibera slum, for example, um, they assume that that often people have these great friendships with them, but then all of a sudden, boom, something changes because they're that person that they thought was their friend is now asking them for money. Yeah. So that they think is that they think is, oh man, see, I knew that they were just in this for the money. It's not a real friendship. But from the Kenyan perspective, from from the perspective of the person who's asking the money, they would do anything. For their friends, they and would they, they assume, would drop every single thing in their life to help you, and they assume you would do that for them. And because the assumption is, as a Westerner, you probably have some money, then why wouldn't you support them? It's not a shameful, yeah. you know, money so, grab. It's a it's a relationship that it's just baked in, and we don't yeah. we don't think that way at all because we tend to treat people like transactions and not as as community. So, have you guys experienced this? Uh, the other day, we heard Penny and I heard somebody was in the hospital. And we looked at each other and the first question we ask is, oh, should we go? Oh, yeah. Should, should, oh, yeah. should we go? That, could, would we ever get to the point, Here's I would ask the three of us, would any of us get ever get to the point where we never ask that question again? We'd be putting our coat on. Like I hope so. My, my nephew was in the hospital a couple of weeks ago and I was on my way to work um, and I got the news that he was in the hospital and- there was a good five minute period where we were all kind of asking, should we go? Should, should we go? go? Should, should we go? go? Yeah. And at Marithi and Marin were in my mind because when we went to go see Jed in the hospital because of his appendix thing, yeah. we talked about on the pod months ago. Um, Marin said, when somebody I love is in the hospital, like I've right. been raised to believe that I'm going. Yeah. yeah. And Marithi said the same thing and you said the same thing. Yeah. And, and so I turned my car around without really getting permission and just went yeah. to the hospital. That yeah. is the first time I've ever done anything mm. like that. And it felt it felt like I was contributing to family or, you know, yeah. Be- but that's not normal for because me. Because later, later, if you didn't go, you might well say, I wish I would have gone. Yeah. But if you go, you're never going to say, oh, I shouldn't have gone. True. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're never going to, you're never going to do that. And 
that is a mindset shift. That is a, what we used to say, paradigm. It's a paradigm shift for the American mind to think love first over expediency. Yeah. yeah. And because most things are not, it's not expedient. It is, a, it is, again, air quotes, waste of time if I'm going to have to drive all the way to the hospital and spend time and, and maybe they're asleep. You know, that, yeah. do they want to see me? I don't you know. It's infringing on, you know, right. I don't privacy. So I don't know, Tyler, whether I, I, I wish I could be optimistic, Yeah. but I don't know that I can be that the American culture can make a paradigm shift of this magnitude. And so, you know, I don't know if it's certainly American culture, but how about our church? Yeah. yeah. Can, could Grace Church make a shift of that magnitude so that we're kind of like relational freaks? <laughs> you know? Amazing. I don't want to be a relational freak. I don't know. Maybe. Actually, that was another one of my questions is what's the difference between being a relational freak yeah. and being an extrovert? Right. Because if I'm an introvert, I hear all this and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be a relational freak. I'm good by myself. Yeah. What's the difference? Well, um, I think hospitality, which is what I, I spent a lot of time talking about hospitality mm-hmm. in the sermon and I've studied a couple of books on hospitality. Yeah, yeah. But um, hospitality isn't, is a decision. It's not an art. Mm. It's, it's a decision. I will be hospitable. I will make you my neighbor. I will bring you in. I will do what's necessary. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a decision. It is not something that flows out of a flowery, extroverted heart that says, oh, aren't you wonderful? No, it's from, no, you need. Yeah. And here I am. Okay. And it's a decision. Okay. Introverts can make decisions. Yeah. I, I also think there's a big difference between introverted and isolated. I don't think those mm. are, those need to be the same. And I just exactly. think, I think when we're talking about living out a, a, a hospitable heart in the world, that looks different for someone who's extroverted and someone who's introverted. An extrovert, sure, they're going to want to be involved in as many people's lives as possible. Yeah. They want to spread themselves out across the entire world. But introverts have a unique gift if they if they are doing this in the right way of being able to focus <laughs> on certain relationships yeah. that they can just go so deep in and offer a level of care and attention, but they have to they have to be willing to not just use introversion as an excuse to yeah. be isolated. Well, so, there, yeah. Yeah, it's a good and point. And there's another really cool thing, the cool thing and I I don't mean to slam extroverts, okay? But extroverts sometimes will do hospitality cuz they need the reaction. Mm-mm. Meaning I will I will extend hospitality because I get something out of it too. Yeah. Feels I, good. Cuz I get energized. I get energized. Introverts don't have that burden. No. No. They're in it. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> because they have to and they know they should. Yeah. So, yeah, that, uh, yeah, it's a, isolation would, if we would pay attention, A, B, if we would then determine that I will extend hospitality wherever I can, C, I will turn my car around if I have to, then we'd start to see culture shift. That's, I think. Yeah. What is... What are the things that make up a spiritual community? Is it just having a bunch of Christian friends? Like what, what are the things that make it a community? Because some people may have interpreted your sermon as like, well, I just need more friends. Is that what we're talking about? Or are we talking about something more? I think it's, do you remember, uh, I don't know if you remember this, the Henry Nouwen quote at the very end of the sermon, which I think, uh, was that the Henry Nouwen quote? No, 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 uh, sorry. 
this book, Lost Connections, that I read by a guy named whatever his name was, uh, he makes a point that it's not just about having bodies around you. It's about sharing meaning mm. with their... You, you can be surrounded by people and still feel lonely because you don't share meaning. Yeah. So when we, when we have relationships where you and I have something of meaning we share together, hmm. that's when loneliness starts to dissipate because I'm, I'm in this world with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whether it's about God or about service or about changing the world or whatever it is, we've got something of meaning here. I think that's key in solving. Both loneliness. people need to feel that. Yeah. 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 They, yeah. And that's, by the way, going back to Rooted, that's one of the things that Rooted helps with is that for 10 weeks, you're not just sitting around having cheesecake. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. yeah. You know, which would not be a bad idea. I mean, that's but a good that's a very group good right there. It's a great Every root. week. I want to be in that Rooted yeah. group, right? But, uh, but uh, yeah, it's sharing something of meaning. Yeah. Because I, I think... And I've talked about this with, with my stretcher bearers that we've talked about on the show. And you, we talked about this past weekend. I've shared that I, th I think I have a lot of relationships in my life, but I don't know that I have the deeper spiritual community and where it's very clear that both people or both or me and everybody else are receiving meaning. Yeah. And so I had to ask myself the question, like, Am I a, what is a rugged isolationist? Yeah, Individualist. Yeah. Individualist. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like, do, am I trying to do too much by myself and just kind of like floating above the surface of relationships and not going too deep and just kind of like paying attention to what I'm doing? And that's I, a great question. I think it's a reasonable question. Yeah. I, I don't think it's I'm right. asking myself that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, something hit me this week because we conflated, we didn't mean to do this, but we conflated this topic of stretcher bears with the fact that it was veterans day. Yeah. And so- um, so I got, I was thinking about vets and I was thinking about those who serve in the military. I've never served in the military, but one of the things that I've read about, again, some of the research I did on isolation is that when somebody leaves the military and enters into civilian life again, one of the things that makes them so isolated and lonely is that the meaning they shared mm. with their guys mm -hmm. is now no longer there in their life. Yeah. I, I have a feeling I'm, this is a theory this is a theory. I don't know if this is, I'm, I've met a number of guys in law enforcement who were ex or former military. And I wonder if they enter law enforcement looking to reestablish the meaning that they shared mm. when they were in the military. Mm. Yeah. Because it yeah. feels like the closest, the closest thing. Probably. Yeah. Um, last night I was talking to, I don't think he'd mind if I mentioned, I was having a conversation with Dallas Clark and, um, we hadn't talked in a while and we were talking on the phone and we were, we were talking about, you know, he was he five years removed from the mm -hmm. NFL. He, and we were talking about how the struggle it is for many of us. And I'm actually going through this too, this transition of meaning in my life. I'm not, if I'm not going to mm. be a senior pastor here, who am I? Yeah. And I said, he Your said, Papa, Papa, yeah, Papa, 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 whatever. Pap, Pap. But Dallas said he absolutely relates to me because after all, all those years of, being a football, the meaning of his life completely changed. Yeah. And so he was talking about the isolation you feel when you, you, you don't, you don't just move away from people, you move away from meaning. So all Man. that to say, isolation happens when you lose people with whom you share meaning. Yeah. Hmm. I would agree with that. I think one of the other things that defines spiritual community, at least in the body of Christ is 
um, a mutual self-giving love. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked, I've talked a lot about self-giving love in the past. I think that's one of the def, the definitions of what it means to be a Christ follower in community. When you are in relationship with another person or group of people and your objective is for what you can get out of it. Yeah. That does not lend itself to deep spiritual community because you are in it for selfish reasons. What mm-hmm. I think truly happens when you become, uh, dedicated, uh, to self-giving love is that you are now in a community where you are seeking the best of the people in that community that you love. And if they are seeking the best for you, it becomes a a race to the bottom where everyone in the community is serving one another with love, just like the Mm. Trinity. It's all self-giving love. So, so, Mm. so watch this. Let me go, let me go off on that for a second. How many times have we driven? We've all been in small groups. Many people have Mm -hmm. been in small groups. Have you gotten the car to drive to your small group and you think, I don't want to do this tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't, I don't, I don't want to go. Yeah. I've got the thing and yeah. I'm tired and all that. Yeah. However, how many, how many people have not even gotten in their car? Yeah, they just decide like, to bail. Look, look I'm, not, I'm out. Uh, you know, it's like, <coughs> you know, oh, I don't yeah. feel very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so what if we take the concept you just mentioned, Barry, mm. and we said, all right, I get in the car, but my thought is what do the people I'm going to meet with need and what can I bring to them tonight? Well, then I'm going to drive there because I have a sense of yeah. respo- responsibility. I, I know that it just made everyone in the world listening guilty, Collapse feel a guilty. Bit. Yeah, yeah. that's a total mind change. Yeah, it's yeah. a total mind shift. But but that's what you're talking about, self-giving love. Yeah. When I enter into my community, I'm not here for me. I'm here for you. And what do you need? And it is a risk. It's a risk because if you offer self-giving love and it's not reciprocated, then you've just been taken advantage of for your yeah. self-giving love. So I get that. I'm not trying to say this is easy, but this is what Jesus <laughs> yeah, called us on. to. Come on, it's like it, then then you read scripture like you know, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. Or take up your cross daily and follow me. Oh, Piece stop of cake. talking about death. Yeah. Piece of cake. He always wants us to die. Can just, yeah, can we just go yeah. back to religion? Maybe religion. Maybe it's much easier when it's religion. <laughs> Let alone death, but come on. The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. After that, love your neighbor as yourself. My question is, is it possible to do one without the other? Is it possible? Can you love God with all your soul without loving? How's it? Yeah, I agree. How's it possible? Yeah. And so speaking of feeling guilty, this is the second week in a (laughs) row where I've been like, oh man, maybe I actually don't care as much as I thought about this topic as I thought I did the incessant need to make myself feel good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's always right in front of us. And I, yeah. Creating your, you got, you got really practical after that and you suggested we need to create margin for relationships and become an essentialist. Can you describe or explain what that means? What does an essentialist mean? Yeah, essentialist basically says, I'm just going to pare my life down to the essentials. So the first thing you have to decide is what are what are the essentials? Yeah. What, are, what are the essential things? I mean, and in our conversation here, then you we have to say, are relationships essential? Which relationships are, are essential? To what degree do they trump everything else in my life? You know? Yeah. yeah. So determining uh, that's an, an essentialist says, I not only will I choose what's essential, I will eliminate the things that aren't. Yeah. And can I, can I share, this is a practice that I've done on, 
when I take personal retreats once a year, a practice that I've done for years and years and years, which has been really valuable. And maybe this will be valuable for someone listening or you, Tyler, or you dad. But, um, it's, it's the idea of looking at your schedule with a big rocks mentality. And it's this analogy of uh, some teacher, I'm sure it's made up who was teaching his class and he had a big jar and he had full of big kind of big boulder, like, Mm. you know, big rocks. And he asked the class, is this jar full? And they all said, yeah, it's full. It's full to the top. And he's, then he took a bucket of gravel and he poured the gravel in and it, it shook down into the jar mm. down between all the big rocks. And he said, okay, now is it full? And they're like, uh, yes. <laughs> and then he took a bucket of sand, he poured oh, it in and then he said, ya. is it full? And they're all like, no. <laughs> and then he took <laughs> a bucket of water and he filled it all the way yeah, up. And now he said, okay, now it's full. So what's the lesson here? And one student raises his hand and says, uh, if you if you keep looking, you're always going to be able to find another way to cram something into your schedule. Yeah. And he said, no, that's not the <laughs> lesson. He's, I would have said that too. The lesson is if you don't put the big rocks in first, you're never going to get them in at all. Oh. Pause for dramatic effect. And I, so, <laughs> yeah. This is really hard, you guys. <laughs> I, don't, I right, don't get so, it. Okay, so the idea is when you're, it takes some time, like take an hour, take a weekend and, and start look with a sheet of paper and say, what roles, what parts of my life, what relationships are the most important things? Mm. Like, what are the things I want to be remembered for? The big for? rocks. What, what are, are the big rocks, big rocks oh, okay. in my life? Is it my relationship to my spouse? Yes. Is it my relationship to my family? Yes. So put figure out what those big rocks are and then look at your schedule, look at your life and put those big rocks in. What, what time do I need to be yeah. dedicating to my relationship with my spouse? What time do I need to, you know, but yeah, the, but here's the, here's the change or here. The essentialist says, but I won't add the sand. Right. That's oh, okay. good. Yeah. In other words, yeah, yeah. We're know, mixing metaphors because, here, but yes. Because we, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but sorry about that. But, but yeah, the idea is I will only use big rocks. And I will not add small rocks and I won't because sure. I know yeah. that I could cram if I just poured water in, I could cram. Yeah. That's the idea of margin. And the interesting thing about margin is for, for if you have margin in your life, it'll feel, you'll feel lazy. Right. You'll have free time. You'll What's have that? You'll have free time. You're thinking, what am I going to do tonight? Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden somebody has a need and guess what? Because you've freed up your Tuesday night or your Wednesday night, I can go to the hospital. I can yeah. go over to the house. I can take them a meal. Mm. Yeah. But if you didn't, if you had color it out to the edge of the paper, you'd go, gosh, I don't even know how I'm going to meet their need. I can't, it's impossible. I don't, I can't do it. I'm, t- I'm so sorry. I really yeah, am sorry. Right. I'll pray for you. That's, right. yeah. that's trying to cram. That's, you don't have enough time. To pray that's for trying yeah. to cram a, <laughs> cram a big rock into an already full bucket. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause all of a sudden a big rock comes around. You're going, I can't uh, do anything about yeah. that big rock. Exactly. That's a good illustration. Used I that got before? It. You know where I got it from? Pastor well, Oscar, Nairobi, Kenya. And I'm did. sure, I don't know where he got it, but I, a lot of my life has been influenced by Kenya. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And that's another problem in America too, where it's like, we don't say no to stuff. Almost no. everybody I know doesn't say no. No, we don't. And yet how relieved are we every time something ends up Cancels. getting canceled? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somebody like, canceled uh, an appointment yeah. on yeah. me. Yeah. Like small group is canceled. Now I can turn around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I can turn around and go see my nephew. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So you said create margins for relationships. Um, practice hospitality, which we kind of already touched on. Um, Some people have the gift of hospitality. Some people don't, but you're suggesting that we can all extend or practice hospitality. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It doesn't have to be those with the gift of hospitality are just, they've got some kind of mojo. 
Yeah. You know, they can whip up whatever it is and it's all good and your your mind is blown, but we can all practice it. I think I mean, I, I'm hospitality the most... is can I buy you a cup of coffee? Yeah. Yeah. There's also a level. What were you going to say, Tyler? Sorry. I, I, say, I was going to say that is the spiritual gift that I am most jealous of. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. hospitality. I wish it became natural to me to to serve someone else. Well, so here's how, so my wife has it, okay? Mm-hmm. And so here's how it plays out. On Christmas, invariably, Barry knows this too, we open up a present and go, my word, I must have said that to you nine months ago that I wanted that. <laughs> right. And she's got some look like a hospitality dar. That's the best. <laughs> yeah. You know, That's and, the she, best. and she, and she t- also routinely sees people who have a need or who have a lack of community and she'll invite them in at whatever cost. She won't even realize the consequences, but we've had random people come to <laughs> yeah. Easter dinner and like, nice. cause mom's just like, we're bringing this person over and he's well, bringing his friend. We're like, okay, all right, yeah. great. So yeah, that, yeah, it's a good, well, that was my favorite Easter. That was ever. a fun Easter. <laughs> that, that was a funny. These two guys showed up. We're like, wait, Hi. Do you know? Do you, hi. Do you know? Yeah. <laughs> who, who are you? Yeah. We oh, actually yeah. Still, still follow him on Instagram. Yeah. Nice. Kind of, so, there's there's another kind of hospitality though because that you're right there's a gift there's a spiritual gift which I'm jealous of I don't think I have but there's also a kind of hospitality I call it the hospitality of the heart where mm. you are essentially in the same way that a, that a really hospitable person might allow someone to enter their home enter their space it's allowing someone to enter into your bubble the bubble that you talked about oh yeah you know that hospitality of the heart says I'm willing to allow you to breach my safety net. And, and enter in. Get in and, my bubble. I mean, I, and the, Bubbles. <laughs> the, uh, this is an extreme, extreme, extreme example, but I, after the earthquake in Haiti back in 2010, I, six months after the earthquake, I went down and I actually spent a week living with a family in one of the refugee camps in a tent with their, I don't know why they said yes to this other than the fact yeah. that they were just the most humble, hospitable people I've ever met, Yeah, but they didn't have anything. They didn't have anything to give me like no comfortable. I, I brought an air mattress and they, I, I had no reason to be staying with them. And yet they opened their home. What, what you could call it a home. It was a tent in a, on a soccer field with hundreds and hundreds of other tents. They opened that up to me, allowed me to stay in their place. And I'll never forget the one night I woke up in the middle of the night and it was pouring down rain. And apparently the part of the tent was um, starting to leak. And the father of the family, because he had all, six of his kids in there too with us. And he was just standing at the entrance, holding up the tent to keep the rain out. And that image in my mind, that is hospitality. And it had nothing to do with doilies. It had nothing to do <laughs> with a nice spread. It was yeah. all hospitality of the heart. I'm talking he about was, self-sacrifice. I will not sleep so that so you that, stay dry. Yeah. Okay. Now, like I said, it's an extreme example. I feel guilty all over but, again. Right. But, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but w- yeah. what they did was they opened that they were, I mean, it's shameful to be living in that, to be like yeah. in such close quarters and to, to be walking, bumping into each other. And I mean, it's just to be dirty and smelly. Mm-hmm. We all were, it was just like, but they were willing to let me in there because they because we, frankly, I was a brother in Christ and that was enough for them. And mm. I wanted to help tell their story. And so they said, sure. Yeah. So I know extreme example, but like, man, what, how much do we have to learn about opening yeah. our lives up to other people? Hey, a question just, I'm going to ask you, you two guys, this, is there a generational, or does any generation have a bet, have a, a, a more of a strength at hospitality than others? 
as we're sitting mm-hmm. here today. Think of Gen Gen Z, think of millennials, think of Gen X, think of my generation, and then think of older one, the seniors. Is there, I don't know what why this crossed my mind. Do you think millennials are nat- naturally more hospitable than older people or other way around? I think other way around. I don't think, <clears throat> I think millennials have a big desire for it. Just look at all the marketing and how it's marketed, how things are marketed to us. It's, it's all designed around the idea of like, look at how great of a time you and your friends are going to have with my product. So to receive hospitality, but not necessarily give it. Or just the idea, like all of the, if you look at like beer commercials or bike commercials or anything, it's always like young, happy people doing things together. Yeah. And yet 90% of the time, the things that, that we actually do with those products, we do alone. But it's the it's the desire for yeah. it. So I don't know that we actually necessarily live it out. I just wonder if this message or this concept is if that's the case, is it just going to go away? Hmm. Are we just going to become? And I'm sorry, I'm getting really dark here again. Don't have me on the pod anymore because I'm just way too dark. You know? That wasn't a downer at all. No, it was a real downer. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. But but the idea is, are we just going to become more bubbles that bounce off each other? I think the hunger will grow to a point where something has to be done. Yeah. I don't I don't know that we can survive. I wish Marin were here. It'd be I know. She, she, she would know. She would know the answer <laughs> Well, to it this. feels like everything has a reaction. And we may get to a point where we're just bouncing bubbles and everybody's just kind of doing their own thing. We may get to a point where that's the case, but right after that, we're going to be going the other way. Because I think that a reaction, yeah, a reaction. Because I think that every time something like that happens, where we get to an extreme, one way or another, there's always a reaction, yeah. and it takes years to do the reaction part, just yeah. like it took years to get there. But I feel like I feel I don't know that I think it's a generational thing. I think I've experienced I've experienced more hospitality from older generations, but that's just because I haven't really paid attention to what younger generations are doing with hospitality. I mean, every generation reacts against the, the excesses of their parents' generation. I mean, Gen X, they, they were, you know, obsessed with moving beyond the consumerism, the, the, Conspicuous consumerism. Yeah, at least they of their parents. At least they weren't angry about it. They, oh, wait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe no, so. They the, maybe the, the millennials were as too. Were too. But then the Gen Gen Zers, the ones coming after the millennials, maybe they're going to respond to the isolation of their parents and think that's ridiculous. I'll we leave need that to be to in you. community. Yeah, that, we'll, that's yours. Yeah, we'll figure can, it out. You and Tyler can run with that. I got it. I got this, guys. You got it. Okay, mm-hmm. good. It's Milo Gen Z, technically. Who knows, man? He's probably Gen AA. Gen AA. Or so AB or something. We're, we're, we're starting to, over. Yeah. Starting over again. Gen <laughs> yeah, A. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, spiritual community. It. It's one of the, it sounds super easy. Yeah. But it, I mean, Dave, you talked about isolation causes high blood pressure, heart disease. People are getting more sick. People can't sleep oh, yeah. because of it. Oh yeah. It sounds easy. Like, yeah, let's just, let's just be together. Yeah. But it is one of the hardest things well, and uh, can I can I go down that really dark path that and honestly this was news to me that whole micro awakenings business the 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 whole thing the more lonely you are the oh, more your yeah. body wakes up in the middle of the night yeah that's you know over and good. over again and why is that well it's because good. the more lonely you get the more suspicious you get the more suspicious you get the more hypervigilant you get and your body goes okay we're hypervigilant we're paying attention we're paying attention so you need to wake up because somebody might be trying to kill you yeah well, that's crazy that's insane yeah. how our bodies r- react to that that is that. And, that was 
news to me. I didn't know anything. Oh, yeah. And then, then it makes sense where dude gets his high-powered rifle and he goes into a synagogue and, and shoots it up and kills a bunch of people because mm. he was lonely. What? Mm. What? Yeah, that, but that's what it was. On the face, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't but, make sense. But then you play out the psychological ramifications of it mm. and then you go, okay. Yeah. I get it. This is this is the biggest challenge and the biggest opportunity of the church, the American church in the next, next generation is showing the world a different way to live in community. Well, they did in the first century. Yeah. That, that whole business of them being together and sharing together, that was novel. Right. I mean, in the first century, the only people that experienced what the church was doing was actual families, literal blood families. Yeah. The church started to demonstrate that, no, we can be together spiritually in the way that a blood family is together. Yeah. We share, and it's yeah. still the option for us today. It still is. I want Grace Church to be the biggest small church in the country. Yeah. That's what I want. The biggest right. small country. We'll do it. Small church. All right. All right. Can we... Can you insure me? Yep. That's it. We got All this. Right. We're, we're on. Pod, pod friends. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> Uh, so what's next? We're halfway through our Anything Can Happen right. series. And by the way, what, what we're going to be revisiting the, the idea of community when? February. February. Okay. Uh, four, month, week, yeah. four weeks on it. So we'll, we'll dive deeper into isolation mm -hmm. and loneliness and love and community and probably get real insanely practical. Yeah. And <laughs> sad. Nah. We'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll make it a happy time. Yeah. yeah. All right. Happy love. So what, what so are we doing next, next weekend? is you're on again, right? Yeah. I'm on again one more time talking about destiny. And purpose uh, today, this, I felt a little bit like Barry. I was studying the sociology and the psychology of significance. Whoa. Hmm. Hello. <laughs> Are you going to, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have a lot of nerdy fun facts. Uh, well, I don't know. Okay. Did you see I changed it this week to sad facts? I did see they that. Could be, <laughs> I did see I that. I didn't see that. They, I I, they were too sad facts. Yeah. They couldn't be fun They're facts. They're not fun. They, no, sure. I wasn't going to call sad them fun. facts. Yeah, sad facts. <laughs> so, I hope so, that's not a, I hope we don't do that every oh, week. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> and you do not want to miss a story. I'm going to interview a young lady named Emily. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's going to be, when you hear a story, it will be not only heartwarming, but it'll be challenging. A 16 year old girl who's changing the world. Yep. Cool. Changing the world. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that. Yep. And you'll be back next week. On between Sundays, right? When we have the full yeah. crew together again. Well, here's the deal. Wait. It's Thanksgiving. Oh. So I don't know if you guys are here or not. But I'm here. Okay. Dave. I'm looking at my calendar right now. Good. Create some margin. I got to create some margin. <laughs> big boulders. Yeah. Is this a big boulder, Tyler? Yes. This is a big boulder. This is a big boulder. The biggest of boulders. Um. Yeah. So we'll, hopefully Marin will be back and we'll yeah. all be here and we'll talk about Thanksgiving and what we're going to eat and stuff. And mm -hmm. Yep. Mara's not here, so I'm not doing her send out, but, uh, yeah. Friends of the pod. Thank you so much. I could still say it. You want to say it? No, I don't have to. It won't yeah, be the same. It. It's Will not it be the same. same. Let's I all have, share it. Let's I got to have it on one of, of these sound bites. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. I'm scared. There. Okay, that's perfect. <laughs> no, Barry, send us out. That's good. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we will see you on the other side of Sunday. Bye. Bye.